Welcome to Black Girl Say Something, where this black girl has something to say. And on this episode, I'll be talking about building community. So the most interesting thing that I've come to find is that, you know, once I was able to get out of the situation with my children's father, or being where we're at now in the middle of, you know, uh, in the middle of a divorce, I found it so easy to create and build community. And um, in true fashion, there's this quote that's in my phone and it says, know the difference between those who stay to feed the soil and those who come to grab the fruit. And I remember being with him was always so stressful, so many stressful days. It was one of those things where, you know, because I paid all the bills, like now I look back on it and I feel so silly saying it. <laughs> it's like, girl, you was paying all the bills and you couldn't even come home and feel comfortable. You couldn't even come home and just let your hair down and be vulnerable and just be at peace. And, you know, in true fashion, it's like I got to this place or this place where I'm at now is I have such a community. You know, I'm able to accept help. I have this neighbor lady, she, shout out to her, you know, um, right before he, he left or he had to be removed from the home, she had started, her and her husband, they're elderly, they started uh, doing this like neighborhood beautification thing where they pretty much were like mowing the grass and doing all these things. And I remember the first time she came and asked me, could she, I told her yes, because you know, we had gotten our stimulus, you know, COVID or whatever, and he decided he was going to buy all of this yard stuff. And if I could tell y'all, from when he bought it to him using it, he only had used it like twice. And, you know, the grass was getting higher and it's homeowner things, you know, you get ticketed if the grass gets too high and the yard is looking grungy and, you know, scrubby. And something that I always wanted or, you know, I always said, you know, for my home is that I want to have a nice curb appeal. Um, and considering that I have like a half curved driveway, I always wanted nice curb appeal. And, you know, the more that I said that, the more he didn't want to really be bothered with the yard stuff. So the lady did come and ask me one day, can she do it? And he didn't know that I had told her yes. And the day that she was doing the yard, they had did it a couple times, but I don't think he noticed. And on this one particular day, her and her husband was out there and her husband walked away and he pulls up and he says, I come outside because I kind of wanted to let him know, oh, hey, they're doing the yard. And he curses me out. And he's like, why in the, you know, unpleasant words are you letting this lady uh, clean the yard? And I was like, oh, they're doing it, you know, as a way to like, you know, make everybody's yard in the neighborhood look nice. And, you know, this happened in front of her and it was just, I was so ashamed. And funny enough, they continued to do it. They didn't even miss a beat. And one day um, they did like a major big cleaning. They did the backyard and I don't have a small backyard. They did like a major cleaning of shrubs and bushes and they filled up like my yard debris garbage. And when they filled it up, um, she saw me trying to pull it out. And she's like, oh, don't worry about it. My husband will get it. And that's when I told her, I said, I really appreciate y'all for what y'all are doing. And I actually can't really pull it out, but I was going to do it anyways. 
Um, and she was like, everything okay? I was like, well, at that point, I think I was only like six months out of, or maybe I hadn't hit a year yet out of having hernia surgery. And she's like, don't worry about it. And then I, I kind of just told her, I was like, well, also too, I'm in the middle of a divorce. And she was like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And I was like, no, don't be sorry. Don't, don't be sorry. And she kind of like laughed it off because she had witnessed, you know, that whole altercation, I guess. But in the nature of building community is allowing people to assist you. Allowing people, like these people have nothing to gain by doing the yard. And I mean, honestly, to get a yard person to come and do it, you're looking at maybe anywhere from like 70 to 100 bucks, right? Or 150 and they come like every two weeks. And I'm practically, you know, I haven't gotten to a place where I could actually pay it forward to them. Um, I am the na- the neighborhood notary, so she has asked me to notarize a couple things for her before, and I've done it at no charge as my way to pay it forward to her for the work that her and her husband does. Um, but she also, like, got my kids some things for, for back to school. And, yeah, the the idea that comes with accepting the help after being told, you know, you shouldn't accept help, you know, going back maybe a year ago, uh, you know, it was COVID and a lot of children being homeschooled. And I had a friend of mine, she had donated me some things from her child's school because they were giving out like free lunches and they were over giving like food bank type stuff. And she's like, hey, I have some stuff. I have some water. Do you want it? I'm like, oh, yeah, my kids love this. these things, the fruit snacks and fruit cups and school nuggets. And um, I received it another time. She wanted to give me more. But at that current moment, I told her, no, I couldn't accept it. We're good, you know. And we weren't good. But it was like, he made me feel so bad. You're always accepting help from people. And it's like, you can't help me. But you don't want me to accept help from anybody else. And it goes back to that quote. Know the difference between those who stay to feed the soil and those who come to grab the fruit he literally was enjoying the fruit of my labor, you know, and I wasn't even enjoying it. And it's so, you know, sad to know that you could work so hard for something where you think you're working hard or you're playing, you're taking one for the team and you're working so hard, you're working so diligently and you're not even seeing the fruit. You're not even seeing any of the work that you really put in. Another thing, I want to shout out my mom. You know, I want to give her a shout out on this episode because she really been grandma. And let me tell you, a year ago at this point, we would have been to maybe our second or third family therapy. So me, the kids and their their dad, we all went to a family therapist, licensed family medical, whatever the initials are. Forgive me. But we went to a therapist him and I went the first time and of course you know with us going that was the first time the wool had come off of my eyes where I saw this is a cycle he's going to cry he's going to apologize he's saying the same exact words and so he's not going to change and then the second time we went um we went with the children so that they could explain to my son um what divorce is So it would have been a third time. This third time we go and it's an emergency session and it was right before my birthday at this point. So it hasn't been a year yet because this would have been like early October. 
And so we go and um, I had made arrangements because in this girl does not miss a birthday. I don't care what's going on. I'm not missing my birthday. I going back to I've been working since I was like 15 and come October 21st. Listen, I'm taking off for my birthday. I don't care if it falls on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday or a Sunday. I'm taking off for my birthday. So, you know, with all the craziness that was going on, and when I say it was crazy, it was crazy, y'all. Um, but I had already made arrangements for my birthday, just a little staycation, little thing with my sister, um, dinner, get cute, you know, just staycation type cute stuff. I couldn't really like go out of town or whatever. Um, but I made arrangements for the children to be with my mom because at this rate, he was already like having these irate outbursts and you know he had broken his hand punching the wall and like all of this craziness just making the house making the home unbearable so I made arrangements to tell my mom hey the kids will be with you for my birthday I passed it by him we were good but the reason why we had to have an emergency therapy session was because he was driving me to the point of sleep deprivation and what that looked like was making it so unbearable for me to sleep in the home um, making it so, you know, just being a nuisance, so to speak. I can't really, like, put my finger to the exact things he was doing because it was a lot of different things. Because, mind you, he would, you know, create such a ruckus in the house. So I had to, like, pretty much stay up. And then also, you know, he would say, I'm going to take the kids to school in the morning, but be the first one to leave before they even get up. So now I can't sleep in after you've kept me up all night. So called an emergency session, we go to the therapist and the therapist literally says to him, do you see that at this rate, she is, I'm, I mean, my eyes are bloodshot red. She was like, at this rate, her eyes are bloodshot red. Do you understand that you can drive her to the point of having a stroke? And he had like no empathy. There was no empathy for me. Um, but what he was trying to tell the therapist that I was trying to keep the kids away from him and I was like, I'm not keeping them away from him. He's actually pushing me and the children away and things are getting worse. And so he proceeded to tell her that I um, didn't want him to have the kids for my birthday. And I was like, that's not true. I made arrangements with my mom because you told me you were going to be working. So he says, so the therapist says, so he says to the therapist, I don't need her mom to help me with the kids. They're my children. I don't need her to help me. And the therapist said something because I'm going to make a point because this episode is about building community. So just stay with me. But the therapist made a point to say, you don't want to ex a grandma out of the children's life, especially if she's willing to help. And she was like, at this rate, if you two are deciding to not be together anymore, the best thing to do in these times is to make sure that the relationships are flourishing so that you will have the help because both of you at some point are going to be single person but co-parenting and he didn't like that he was so irate he was like whatever anywho long story short they ended up not being with my mom that that weekend he called her he, he canceled the plans with her behind my back and only to turn around and try to call her back and tell her he needs her to watch the kids. But what he didn't know was she had taken the time off from work. 
And so because she, he said she didn't need him anymore, she went back to work. But I'm now in this place where the relationships that I create with people or the relationships that I get into, whether it be a friendship, an acquaintance or whatever, I'm often wondering, what does their community look like? Because if they have community, then they can be community oriented. And, you know, one thing I noticed that being with him, how it looked was he bashed everybody that I would have thought that he would have had community with. And so, you know, it created me to be to have that type of attitude too. Like I didn't really want to be bothered with anyone who would try to lend help or if I did accept help, he would make me feel insignificant for accepting that help or made it seem as if I was just like so weak. And so, you know, not being with him has really opened up a whole bunch of doors as far as community goes. Um, you know, my sisters, my brother, my mom, you know, shout out to, to my kid's grandma, maternal grandma, um, you know, my mom's siblings, you know, I've only known them, getting to know them about a year now, and they've shown up tremendously, you know, for my, for me and my children. Um, yeah, so I found it really, really easy now to accept community if someone say, hey, do you need something? Ten times out of ten, I have something I need. And I'm not even just making this up. It's really like, if you ask me if I need help, I'm going to need help. And, you know, the funniest thing is the people that that knew me or the people who are listening to this podcast that know me in real life, right? I'm going to assume that y'all probably thought I had it all together. But if I could be honest with you, with the way things are right now, I've never felt more in my life like everything is really coming together I really have it going on I'm really proud of me and I'm thankful for so many of the people that are proud of me as well and I really was in this place where I had to be like the end-all be-all and I you know the more that I was with him the more I attracted people who treated me the same way he did all they wanted to do was take fruit from the soil they didn't really want to add any soil. They didn't really want to tend to the crops. They didn't care, you know, if um, if I was making it. They didn't care if I was having a mental breakdown. You know, they really just wanted to know how much more they could take from me. And it was like once I started to get to the place where I decided that I didn't want to be a part of that foolishness anymore, those people started to dissipate. Let me tell you something. In the weirdest way, they started to dissipate. And even though, you know, I've gotten to a place where I had to make some tough decisions and say, hey, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. It was the best decision ever. And I'm in this place where I could never feel bad for accepting help. It doesn't make me weak. I, you know, wrote on the Black Girl Say Something Twitter. There's strength and vulnerability. To be in a place where I'm on this podcast letting people know what's going on. I mean, we got listeners in Germany. These people don't know me, you know, but they're listening and they're tuning in and there's something that's being said that is resonating with people because they're sharing the podcast with other people. They're commenting, they're leaving reviews. And so this vulnerability that I have on this platform is my strength. You know, eventually I want to be able to uh, I had started back in 
earlier this year in January, I started doing video um, journals and I did them for about six months. I did like January, I believe to like June, I was doing um, video journals and I want to get to a place where I could share those on the podcast as well um, because I watched them back and I was like, wow, I'm not that same person from January. I don't feel that way anymore. You know, I was I went through a grieving process. I'll definitely uh, talk about that more. You know, sometimes it is it is not sometimes it is okay to grieve doing the right thing for you. Sometimes doing what's right doesn't feel right in the moment, but as time goes on and the healing takes place, you'll realize it's the best decision you've ever made. So, if something resonated with you on this episode, I encourage you to share it with at least one person. And also remember, you can hit the link to subscribe. Your subscription does aid in the production of the podcast. And you can tune in on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Tune in to Black Girls Say Something every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.